question is, if he goes up your butt, will he respect you more or respect you less? That's the issue. No, no smoking cap. Sir, we're talking up the butt. A cigarette is in order. All right. We're so close. <laughs> we are sitting very close to each other. Are we recording now? We're recording. We are the Mirandas. We're the Mirandas. This is a so this is a different episode. And well, it might seem a little bit different than our former three because we, for the first time ever, are in the same well, not ever. Yeah, like <laughs> for this podcast, we're in the same room recording this. Yeah. Because you're heading back home tomorrow, so you're stopping by. And Sarah's making very scary eye contact with me. <laughs> and we are sitting we have to be really close up to this mic. Because we're only using one. Yeah. So we're like basically We're basically six inches away from each other as if we're doing some sort of like duet. Um, There's no social distancing happening here. There isn't, but we're really excited to get into this episode. We this might need is... to cut that out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so this is episode four and it is the Valley of 20-something Guys. Um, you want to do a quick summary or should I? You do the quick summary because okay. I'm not good at this. So like the prior three episodes and pretty much the rest of season one the writing in this so telling a plot is not super easy because it's a little bit plotless yeah yeah but in this episode the theme is um if we can even call it that i just like men as drugs men as drugs but 20 something year old men as drugs so there's this like youth kind of aspect to that's threaded in between the episode yeah so in this episode carrie has all of these run-ins with mr big they finally you know at a cab at a party they finally decide to set up a time to intentionally run into each other carrie it goes to a party that samantha's hosting all the girls are there and samantha introduces uh carrie to this 20 something guy played by guest star timothy oliphant mm-hmm. i don't know how to pronounce his great name. guest star great guest star i need toilet paper i'm just using the last of it to make the coffee and yeah so that kind of starts carrie's exploration of a 20 something guy in comparison to big who's this 40 something year old yeah um and, and i I, would, yeah. I just want to say that if you were to transplant timothy oliphant to like his like character into 2020 he'd look like the biggest like creep ever oh yeah he's got like super spiky hair and like he had like a very like remember that guy in the 90s he had like a freddie prince jr but creepy vibe yes slash matthew lillard you know yes, that guy and totally. she's all that oh yeah. yeah like that was definitely a type in 90s rom-coms and he was playing that to the t yeah kind of a creepy version with a guy with a tongue ring anyway again that's not there's not a lot going on in this episode except there's an amazing plot line with charlotte it's pretty short it's about five, maybe you know five ten percent of the episode is charlotte's <laughs> guy that she's dating propositions her and well, wants to yeah. have anal sex with her right and here's yeah. the thing um charlotte you know we, he's she's teed up this guy to her friends as Pretty much the one. Um, he is successful, attractive, funny, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, there, because it's life, there's a caveat. And the caveat is that he um, really wants to have anal sex with her. And so she desperately calls Carrie asking for advice. I actually love this. Carrie's like, I'll meet you in 10 minutes. Then um, Miranda joins and, and Samantha joins. And, in a cab. In a cab. And 
um, this is actually probably the best scene in the entire episode. This is actually why I'm going to rate this episode. Well, we'll tell okay, the end why okay. I rate Let's it. Not I'm not going to get into it. I know you guys want to know my rating, but I'm not going to tell you yet. You'll have to wait to the end. Um, but this scene really makes this episode fantastic. Oh my God. This scene had just, it was just like. It was great. We have a lot to unpack yeah. in this scene and we have a lot to unpack in this episode. And Sarah and I were like take notes, you know, independently when we're like working, like recording remotely, but like. We're doing the work. <laughs> but together we were both like just like writing things down quietly. Like we were taking the SAT. Like <laughs> just like, oh, oh mm, I know. <laughs> and I would like periodically look up at, at Laura to see if she. Um, Jived on the same kind yeah. of. Uh, Which I think yeah. we did. I ended up writing a lot of quotes down from this episode. There's a lot to work with there's here. a lot to work um with. so the one thing that was really disappointing about this episode mm-hmm. and you know we are the mirandas mm-hmm. so the, the thing that was super disappointing was that miranda did not play a big part in this episode like no. nada i mean i did like that she was kind of when she was in the cab she was like the third person to be picked up i love the kind of advice that she was giving charlotte it's all about control he goes up there, there's going to be a shift in power. Either he'll have the upper hand or you will. Now, there's a certain camp that believe whoever holds the dick holds the power, but... But that was kind of it. Yeah, throughout the whole episode, she appears a couple times, and it's mostly as, like, the wise advice giver. <laughs> right? Like, right. she's never actually... There's no plot that revolves around her other than being at the bar and Skipper coming up with a rum and coke. This is when they're at the bar, and Carrie... And Samantha introduces Carrie to the 20-something guys, and, you know, Skipper, we've talked about him in episodes, he's episodes one, two, and three, um, comes up. We went to the bar to get the girls drinks, and he comes back with two rum and Cokes because they were allegedly out of champagne. Well, no, I thought she had asked for two martinis for them. Oh, shit, you're right. So who gets a rum and Coke when you ask for a fucking martini? I, I know. That was bad. So if a guy... It's very juvenile, I think. If a guy you were dating, if you asked for a martini and came back with a rum and Coke, what is your response? Because Miranda's was so great. Well, I, I was going to say at least it's not like a Red Bull and vodka what I would say. I think I prefer that more than a <laughs> I don't, I don't. I'd honestly prefer water at that point. <laughs> yeah. You know? But no, Miranda's quote was so good because she said, um, well, I hate rum and I hate Coke, but thanks. Like, yeah. it was very, it was yeah. classic Miranda where she's like not going to really, well, it was kind of a being a bitch about it. But Ooh. then again, I don't think you should just be like, oh, thanks for the terrible drink that I didn't want. Yeah, I think it was rude. I wouldn't, act that way but at the same time yeah. it, it seems like she's kind of being forced to go on these dates with skipper <laughs> so like do what you need to do girl <laughs> yeah the skipper miranda relationship is so great because like miranda clearly does not like him <laughs> clearly does not like him and yet there's skipper, so much disdain <laughs> like she clearly like we might say she loathes him <laughs> but she is continues to go out with him because he offers this like fleeting notion of like of her being like wanted, yeah. you know. And, and but 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 she can't tolerate him. And, and even as he's walking through the crowd to give her these shitty drinks, he she's like <laughs> acts as if he's like a lost dog. She's like, oh god, he can't even get through the crowd. <laughs> you know, it is. It's interesting that she ends up with Steve, the bartender. It is who can get her any drink she wants. Yeah, that is interesting. I think also like maybe there's kind of this like unspoken like power dynamic i think that like miranda might be kind of like thriving or eating this up that she's kind of yeah the more like you know oh yeah bold forceful one and he's the cute puppy dog getting the rum and coke yeah but i wonder that's actually a really great 
point that you brought up because in a lot of her friendships, she likes being that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder totally. if we all like being that. Like, no one wants to be the fuck up. No one wants to be the person who gets the wrong drink at the bar. Yeah, and, but and I, I don't want to be, like, the negative Nancy either, which is kind of Miranda. She is. Episode. We yeah. love her, but she has a lot of flaws. Yeah. She's, we yeah. all do. Yeah, we, we all do. We are the Miranda. The, the Miranda. <laughs> the Mirandas. I'm Gilly. <laughs> I'm Sarah. Okay. You're ridiculous. So, um, how not, does the episode end, So, Sarah? The, the episode ends... Very similar to other episodes, um, very similar to episode, I think it was two, in which Carrie and Big have this kind of meet cute. She's walking down the street after buying a pair of $400 Manila Blahniks, and she sees him at a cafe, and, you know, they have this kind of, like, witty repartee, and then they decide to finally and officially go on a real date. And so that will that will be episode five. Anywhere you want. Just you and me. So here's the deal. I don't know about you. Okay. But like I was kind of annoyed watching the whole like Carrie Big like bumping into each other saga because I never, I wish I ran into someone like that who I dated in New York. It's not possible. I wrote this down. It is not possible. It is not possible. I mean you will run into someone random like when okay so when I lived in New York I ran into someone on the street like every other day Mm -hmm. but it was never that person who you're hooking up with who you're dying to run into you know I I don't know is this just like life pre-social media I I don't know like this is a different Carrie is living in an alternate universe that in which in New York you would run into people that consistently and you know I will say because this is what 1998 like Mm -hmm. This was like pre-Brooklyn, so to speak. This is before like, you know, they're all, you know, Brooklyn became so hip where there's so many young people living out there. Like, and just from what I've heard from people who are older, who've grown up in New York City, it's kind of like people like stay in Manhattan and kind of stay in their little neighborhoods for the most part. Yeah. Or go out at least in the same neighborhood. So yeah, I, I guess it makes sense that they are more or less in the same circles, but I mean... Not that much, but... For this to show to be considered, you know, such a classic kind of New York City show, it had so many unrealistic New York City mm-hmm. moments, and this was definitely one of them. Yeah. I liked some of the bars that they showed in this I... in this episode, because there's a bar that I'm like, I looked like Hi-Fi. Yes! That's exactly what I was I thought thinking. it was Hi-Fi, and I remember going to Hi-Fi quite a bit when I first moved to New York. East Village. East Village. Yeah, this isn't... For anyone who, who's listening who isn't from New York, Hi-Fi is a bar... Um, in the East Village and of New York City downtown, it's like got really dark red lights, sofas, super crowded, small. Um, it's interesting in the scene that Carrie is yeah. at that bar meeting this, you know, twenty-something guy. Yeah, and uh, I feel like it also could have been like in Chinatown or Tribeca area, like like because the, the bar is like underground. It's definitely a ground a bar that you're walking a few steps, and it's you can tell that it's teeny. Um, yeah. really packed but I actually liked that that was a very New York of it yeah, that, that was, was a classic New York City bar okay let's get into it and if you hear a dog barking in the background that's my puppy <laughs> <laughs> so um what I was wondering is so they're all like hanging out with these 20 or 20 something year old guys and um I couldn't really tell but it, it kind of sounded like maybe Samantha was lying about her age was she 
I didn't catch that, but I wouldn't, I don't doubt that. Well, okay, so let's say you're Samantha's age in your mid to late 30s. I was going to ask you, would you lie about your age? I'm not at the point yet in which I would, so it's it's difficult for me to even think about lying about my age. Mm-hmm. Um, I want, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. What would yeah. you? You know what? I, I don't think I would. And I was thinking about this the other day, even before this show, I was just thinking about like ages and dating and um, my mom's mom, my grandmother, she had like never told her, my mom's dad that she was eight years older than him. <laughs> like Wait, went to the grave. What? He never, he never found out. I mean, they divorced like really early, but like he still never found still. out. Wow. But I think, you know, that was much more like of an older time where it's just like, you know, you like kind of had to be younger or like, you Interesting know. Interesting that older women really did. And it's I, more of a biological clock. Than, I wonder if at the time of this, like even like late 90s, there was still a big deal about an older, quote unquote, older woman dating a guy in his 20s. Because right. they made such a big deal of it in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I know a ton of people who are dating guys who are younger than them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. Everybody in here is in their 20s. And so are we. As I glanced around the room, I was amazed at the wide variety of great 20-something guys. Yeah, yes and no. But I also, What do like, you think? Well, okay. What I, what I think is kind of weird is that, like, this whole, like, comparison to drugs, I think, is so corny. Oh, <laughs> that, I mean, it's all, it's all, like, you know, it's very... Now we're getting into more of the Carrie... Bradshaw like writing territory <laughs> which is like she picks a motif and then it's just beaten to death <laughs> throughout the episode and so okay you wrote down some quotes of comparing like men in their 20s to the new they're like are men in their 20s the new designer drug oh god um, and we are attracted to young men for a bunch of reasons but I couldn't help but wonder what do they see in us Oh, God. So we have instituted in this podcast a new tracker, and it's a tracker that should have been there all along, but we're only in episode four, so we're here. We will now be not only having a carry tracker, which, you know, spiked a couple things this episode, but also the, but I couldn't help but wonder tracker. Yeah. But I couldn't help but wonder. So in this episode, she she does when she's talking about 20-something guys and 30-something women. But I couldn't help but wonder what do they see in us. And that leads us to one of the best but worst <laughs> montages of the <laughs> classic season one, season two, people breaking the – what is it? Breaking the – fourth wall third wall oh breaking the fourth where they're t- wall. Where, where it sees white guys playing basketball talking about why <laughs> they love 30 something women and some of the reasons are so on pc and so great do you remember them i don't i, I do. honestly kind of like just blocked it out it i was do so i disturbing. had to write one down because of our conversation about wine earlier yeah so this one guy as they're playing terrible <laughs> basketball just now imagine just a bunch of white guys in the late 90s trying to like hoop downtown there was one black guy one black guy yeah um they said woman of the 30s they give great head and know a lot about wine <laughs> they give great head and know a lot about wine 
<laughs> but he said it like this. He's dribbling. Dribbling and, and, and with and a like backwards head. Breath, breathing so hard. They give great head and know a lot about wine. And know a lot about wine. He has like oh a Kangol hat on backwards. God, it's so bad. That is the <laughs> only one I got down. And then the other thing I wrote was that it's just it's white men playing ball to just like rock and roll. And it was like the whitest thing I've seen on the show so far. It was pretty but, bad. You know what was it? So then Skipper, because they because they looped a bunch of the people, which I thought was kind of a, a smart kind of editing thing. Mm-hmm. They had like the guys that they were interviewing at the twenty something year old um, bar. They had those same guys playing basketball together yeah because remember remember there was like the 17 year old the underage kid at the bar and then he was also playing basketball um but what i thought was so funny and like so like of its time visually was when skipper goes to like do a little layup or like shoot it in it like does this weird like 90s like slow-mo like freeze frame a few times like oh my god season one is chock full of those bizarre editing techniques like I'm not a film person but even I think it's bad and like I would love maybe to bring on somebody who maybe Heather who knows film (laughs) she's gonna kill you (laughs) Heather would you like to come on and critique the cinematography of the show we're we're interested in you coming on um okay Um, we need to get into more stuff well I think we should get into another big theme Mm-hmm. Which is okay. So like we went through the men being the designer drugs and Carrie kind of saying going cold turkey and like using all these kind of euphemisms to relate young twenty year old guys to designer drugs. Okay, but then there's also this parallel um, or this dichotomy of Big being thrown into this episode, um, mm. juxtaposed against the twenty something year old guys. Do you want to say any? you observe I mean, about that? Well, I think it's such a great lead-in to mm-hmm. episode five. And I don't, you know, we're not going to talk about episode five now, but what a perfect lead-in because Big is, as viewers of the show, and I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this have already watched the show, um, they, it, Big is Carrie's biggest drug. <laughs> Carrie is a dick. So funny. <laughs> Carrie is a, oh, I didn't get that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> so Carrie is obsessed with Big obsessed and so it's so fascinating that she kind of writes the 20 something guy and you know it's like I need a new high and then well she kind of ends the episode saying and I have this quote um maybe all men are a drug but sometimes like now they get you so high oh god she really yeah it's, it went was, in on that theme it was this absolutely atrocious <laughs> um so but it you know big is a huge addiction for Carrie yeah and you know what it's um when I think about, like, my experiences, friends' experiences, and, like, I, oh, God, n- n- not to say the one who got away, but, like, the, the, that, like, yeah. one, like, or two hookup where it's, like, whether it was romantic or not, where it's just, like, it just could not stop. or you can't for, let it go. Can't, you can't let it go. You can't let it go. As I walked away, I had a thought. Maybe all men are a drug. Sometimes they bring you down. And sometimes, like now they get you so high big is so so much of that for carrie which we all know because he was in the series to the end and then in the first movie um at least but i will <laughs> i love how you mentioned the movie <laughs> <laughs> no but he was even stringing her along we couldn't even enjoy him in the first movie no he still had to prove himself up to the same old tricks yeah <laughs> he's up to the same old tricks but what i do find interesting is that 
this is kind of, which you had mentioned at one point, where I think our carry tracker is going to become more relevant because mm-hmm. when Big is in the picture, it seems like this is when Carrie gets way more self-obsessed oh. and self-centered about just constantly talking about him. So do you want to do you want to talk about the first carry tracker that we've in, in found since we started the podcast? I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. Yeah, so one of the first carry trackers of this episode, and um, just to, you know, refresh any listener's memory, carry tracker is tracking Carrie's selfishness. Um, and Carrie at the bar, when they're at that 20-something bar, um, or, or Samantha's party where yeah. they meet the 20-something guys, she goes to a bathroom area that has phones has like rotary rotary phones in which she checks her messages that's a whole other thing to unpack. yeah i was like what the uh, hell are they doing i yeah. was like what what's happening right now is this like an art installation and she's making miranda listen to a message that <sighs> big leaves and carrie throughout the series does this yeah. making people interpret messages yeah a lot of reassurance and, seeking and how was and how did she put it to miranda basically it's this loud bar and she's making Miranda listened to a, a voice message. Yeah, how did um, she say it? She basically, like, because I guess Big said something like, I can't, I won't be able to make it. I'm running late. And Carrie wants to know, really, like, what is what is Big really saying? Carrie always assumes that there's some other message underlying what yeah. men say. Well, she's saying, is he saying it in a friend way or, like, in a yes. date way? Carrie or? has no, and this is threaded throughout the relationship in which Carrie constantly has no idea what they are. And this is one of the first instances where Carrie starts spinning. And I love Miranda's response. She's like, I have no idea. And I finished first in my litigation class. <laughs> I, I think she she was obviously being funny. I kind of hope she was being sarcastic. <laughs> like to not validate Carrie's like insanity over the message. But, but we've all been there. We've but, all asked friends. Well, I was to, gonna like, say, let's not get too ahead of ourselves because this is the beginning of the series and we don't quite yes. know Carrie yet. So it is acceptable because we've all been like that kind of paranoid where you're like trying to prove to your friend that they are just into you <laughs> <laughs> wait that's so great like, but, but 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 you know um. oh my god this this show does so much of that of that like girl reassurance that we give our friends <laughs> yes. and what do we know and, <laughs> like what do i know i don't know what people's texts mean i highly recommend going to therapy <laughs> your therapist might know your friends don't because friends they're projecting all of their shit onto you I mean they know a little bit but like no (laughs) no um so okay so okay I think what we should do is I think we need to talk a little bit more (laughs) about the cab scene about the cab scene which is like the best scene it is the best if you're gonna watch this honestly you could watch this episode (laughs) and just watch this scene and the episode be worth it yeah um so to give you just a just to kind of bring you back to that scene yes charlotte calls carrie upset upset very distraught and and you know you don't hear what he says right away, what she says on the phone. Then Carrie immediately gets in the cab and Carrie's like, tell me exactly verbatim what he says. And, and why did Carrie pull that trigger? You know, she was like, I don't have time. I'm meeting Beg. Yeah, like because she thought it's so frivolous and it's so funny that Charlotte bringing up, I'm going to, he propositioned me for anal sex and Carrie's like, I'll be right there. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, right. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. Yeah. Um. So this scene just has, we've got our, you know, a lot of Miranda-isms. We've got Samantha Zingers. We have yeah. every character at their best in yes. this scene. Yes, because there are so many good one-liners in this. All right, you got to give us the Samantha Zinger. 
I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Okay, so okay, so they're in the cab. The yeah. first person in is Charlotte. She's talking to Carrie. The next person who comes in the cab is Miranda, and she starts doing the hardball of like you know power dynamic and like this is what this means, like anal sex and whatever, whatever. <laughs> and then Samantha comes in and sets a completely different tone with her advice. <laughs> So here we are, like, talking about, like, anal sex, and, you know, Charlotte is very much saying, like, the anal sex girl isn't the one that you want to marry, and, like, you know, she's really kind of going, like, over and over in her head. <laughs> and Samantha goes, front, back, who cares? A hole is a hole. <laughs> and <laughs> I think I love Charlotte's response even more, because she goes, I'm not a hole. <laughs> Can I quote you? Oh, don't be so judgmental. You could use a little back door. I'm not a hole. I'm not a hole. <laughs> oh, my God. We both, when we were watching this, we both looked at each other and we're like, that's it. We both wrote it down no. so enthusiastically. <laughs> um, I mean, and I then, burst out laughing. Oh I mean, that's God. how I know the zinger is there. When you burst out laughing, because Samantha has one every episode. I only burst um, out well, laughing when Samantha talks in this She's series. hilarious. Yeah. And sometimes Miranda, though. Sometimes Miranda. Sometimes Miranda. Sometimes. We haven't gotten her there yet. Not really I think Carrie, the writers yeah. haven't figured out how valuable Miranda is. Or, or Charlotte. I think Charlotte, Charlotte had her plot li- first plot line. Yeah. Miranda has kind of had a plot line with, with a Skipper. lesbian one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last week. Yeah. yeah, so I guess it was Charlotte's turn this episode. But so, and I, I also love what um, Charlotte says. She's like, what are you talking about? I went to Smith. Like, um, but this really brought a very interesting topic about sex to the table tonight, about yes. anal sex and also about consent. It was very interesting how, can you imagine like you're dating a guy and maybe at dinner he asks you that? Well, the, here's the thing. I What I what I was thinking is that it's, it's really not about what he was propositioning as much as like how he brought it up and he kind of like the way he brought it up was that it was like kind of deal breaker and Mm. that this is what's gonna happen um or it's not gonna work out up the butt or i'm out the door yeah exactly (laughs) and i felt i found that very uncomfortable and like a pretty offensive which is like he, he wasn't quite setting an ultimatum, but, like, it, it kind of had that tone, which is, like, this is what I need. And um, it felt dated to me mm-hmm. because the three, the all the women in the cab were entertaining kind of this, like, demand he put on the table. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem to me now in 2020 how I would be talking to my friends about the situation. Uh, right yeah how they talked about sex was so interesting because charlotte seemed yeah i don't actually i don't even know how to digest it carrie basically was saying well um is he the one you know (laughs) (laughs) and then they're like well is he like you know get married and go to the hamptons or like and even miranda miranda's point of view is you know if he goes up your butt will he respect you more or less and so it really plays into the women as like sex and being like degraded Submissive. and power there's yeah. a lot of very like antiquated notions about female sexuality and, throughout this conversation and yeah and and just like thinking about like our age our friends and stuff like that it's something that you discuss or, or and it's yeah. you know with your partner or the person that you're dating and it's about consent and communication and, you know, not like um, 
badgering someone into doing something you know so it's but it's interesting because at the end he was pretty like she had to like over right. explain herself and it was a really cute scene but also kind of sad because she's like I just can't do that I'm she's not like, the, I'm not I'm, Mrs. Up the Butt I'm, I know when Mary's Miss Up the Butt <laughs> and then he's like well can we just have regular sex and then she like takes this wine glass and she's like you know yeah like it's kind of pathetic yeah, I like mean, she was, was so relieved that he accepted her answer, and I was like, "Well, right. the answer could have been no, and it should have been fine regardless." Right, um, right. Or you should be able to say yes and not fear that someone's gonna think yeah. less of you. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. why do we stigmatize sex so much? I'm afraid if I don't, then you'll dump me, and if I do, then I'll be the up the butt girl, and I don't want to be the up the butt girl because I mean, men don't marry the up the butt girl. Who ever heard of Mrs. Up the Butt? No, no, no. Well, yeah, and I think it kind of, this lends itself to the dynamics and the exchanges of sex, like, you know, 20 years ago when this show was on, which is like... Oh, yeah. I mean, just speaking from my own personal opinion, it just seems like women were just kind of starting to take more of a lead or initiative, and like, but it was still kind of like a male kind of steered... Mm-hmm interaction you know and um, I wonder if the show is trying to challenge that in some way I think the show is but I think yeah. simultaneously the show is you know obviously dated which was kind of why we started this podcast is to yeah. kind of talk about it in today's terms and that I if I was to write this show in 2020 it would be more about how, like it would be the characters in how I would write it would be working with each other to help um Charlotte express her needs and her boundaries and her safety and her comfort level and the trust that she needs and less of if you do it what will it mean yeah <laughs> and definitely less a whole as a whole <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, it kills wow. me it makes me laugh so hard and the, and the thing is i don't even know the rest of this episode again it's it's almost like too superficial to even analyze yeah. or get into i mean any good fashion that stood out to you? Oh my god, she's fashion roadkill. I loved Carrie's hair this episode. Y- you know, yeah, Carrie had great waves, um, curls, yeah. curly waves. Um, and I love that she, they were just so bouncy. Love it was air-dried, bouncy yeah. frizz that I was yeah, there for. Yeah, they looked great in a pony. They looked yeah, great just pinned to the side. They looked just great down. Um, Style-wise, fashion-wise... Um, nothing really stood out to me. Honestly, I can't even really remember, aside from that weird blue tight dress that had, like, buttons that Carrie was wearing. That was kind of strange to me. The fashion hasn't really hit its peak. I wonder if Patricia Field was on the show at this point. She wasn't. You can can tell. So, I, so, um, in the, here's the thing with Alec Baldwin podcast, because Carrie, Sarah Jessica Parker was on some years ago, and she had talked about how they, didn't have the budget in the mm-hmm. first season and like you know because obviously it's like the pilot season and so they kind of had to like build that trust in before they could get more budget and it was kind of it was it was slow and then they got to a point where all these designer brands were like put this on the show mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah and i think we will in the towards season two see the fashion change like drastically because mm-hmm. Carrie right now has been rocking a lot of little black dresses a lot of little p- black dresses I do love the curly hair I think that's where they're getting the more like kind I of... liked her fur coat and her red bag oh, yeah she did have the fur coat okay so the that's... fur coat is great I have always wanted to rock a very big fur coat she has a cool fur coat that's yeah. like the the collar and the, the it's beautiful sleeves are like the cups of the sleeves are big and furry yeah yeah the, that's the a cool look f- the fashion that I remember from the, from 
that really stood out in this episode was all four of them in the back of the cab with like really great fall coats. And you know what? Like, granted, I am on my second glass of red wine right now, but okay. there's <laughs> just gonna put that out there. <laughs> but um, I felt super nostalgic about a bunch of friends being shoved into a cab on their way downtown or somewhere. I don't know why I just started clapping. No, it is a thing though. I mean, whether it's downtown or going to Brooklyn or going to a different part of Brooklyn, I, there's something that just makes me feel so like warm and fuzzy about like, you know, it's cold out and like people are just shoving themselves in the cab and, and having kind of lewd conversations in front of the, <laughs> the cab driver and the cab driver is like looking back, but you like need to talk, you know? I love that you mentioned that because I think I felt that but didn't notice it. And that is so true. And I remember that, like, in, maybe that's, like, post-college, early yeah. New York City. Like, us, like, especially, like, being in Brooklyn. Especially and in the just winter. Like, oh, in the winter, you've got a great yeah. coat on, a dark lip. A dark maybe, lip. A little wine before you go out, and you're, like, going somewhere. And it's fun. And, like, sometimes, yeah. like, the best parts of the evening are when you're with your, like, yeah. girls in, like, a cab. And there's four of them in the back, which I loved, which is so, you know, that's so pre-9-11 if we're going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> four people in the back? God, I wish. Not happen um and yeah so I, I yeah that was really nice to oh, see I like that you mentioned that yeah it's let's say another thing so mm-hmm. then at the end of this episode bef- this is um before Carrie ends up meeting Mr. Big and they're like oh, meet, right. meet you in the street she wakes up with Tim- Timothy Oliphant at his right. you know grunge apartment at night she's so <laughs> transfixed by this 20 something drug and it's like when you wake up with a hangover and you're like oh my god what happened and she wakes up in this apartment and it is just bad she actually references an urban outfitter not fitters he had an fitter. urban outfitter candle and it's just bad there's no toilet paper it yeah. looks like a lower east side bar he yeah. lives clearly in squalor but it's yeah. not because because he's he has like you know lack of funds it's I mean, just don't know maybe it's just, but it seems just like it's just self-regulation yeah, it just seems divey for the sake of being divey you know and it really is they're trying to like hone in on like the inept like the the appealing 20 something guy I mean, I who at love night it at the same time like he was making like carrie goes to the bathroom and she's kind of like you know it's it's morning it's just kind of like oh god where am i desperate for coffee and she looks as she's like going to the bathroom and there's no toilet paper and she's like hey is there any toilet paper and he's like oh sorry looks i used the last roll for the coffee for filtering for it filter that is that, so that, nasty that's a that's a run out that is disgusting go to the bodega get some coffee have you ever done that i didn't even no, know you i don't could think do that I, I, honestly i if any you know physicists engineers or just anyone who's there's Googling any right material now, scientists <laughs> who can like write into the podcast even though we don't have an email address if you want to we should can you just let yeah. us know? Let us know if it is possible to use toilet paper as a coffee filter. For ground, coffee grounds. For coffee grounds. Um, okay, I think it's time for the, the uh, rating? Manolo Blahnik All right. rating. Um, I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. I went first last week. Do you want to go first this week? Okay, I'll go first this week. Um, okay, remind me what last week's episode was. What was last week's episode again? I should know this. The Bay of Married Pigs. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't love this episode. No, but season one's not great. 
It's not great, but you know what? I think I preferred this zinger of Samantha's to last week's zinger. Wow. And it seemed like some, there were other characters that had zingers. So I think last week I gave two and a half. I think I'm going to give 2.75. <laughs> so again, this rating system, we it is technical and we <laughs> created it and we're able to adapt it. I... I was, you know, <laughs> oscillating between a two and two point five slash three. I think I think two seven five is the correct way. It's not a three yet. Yeah. We have not watched a three episode. We certainly have not watched a five. Yeah, these are like two Manola Blonics and a pair of Manola Blonic flats. You know, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I like hate that I just said that. It's basically like two Manola Blonics and then the bag that it comes in that you yeah. keep to show <laughs> off. <laughs> the, the shoehorn it comes with. <laughs> okay that is true not a great episode but again i really we need to keep pushing through season one because when you get through season one season one lays the groundwork for a lot of this series like next episode episode five next week we have a lot to digest because this episode and i know i said this last week because i thought it was this episode (laughs) but next episode next week we're talking about carrie and big's first date yes at the chinese restaurant no one else is crashing the date um, I think yeah. that, um, yeah, it's funny because it's, I mean, I'm having fun doing the podcast, but I'm also like, we're not even in the good shit yet. We're not even in season four. We haven't even met Aiden yet. Yeah. Or, okay. That's going to, that is going to be like a full-time job when he gets on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but even like you were just mentioning when oh they go God. to the Hamptons. Oh, Carrie's wearing this ridiculous cowboy hat and like. Natasha's there. We, you know what? I don't want to spoil it for anybody who is maybe listening to this the, and, you yeah, know. Learning about Sex and the City for the first time. Um, yeah. <laughs> on that note, um, um, I'm Sarah. I'm Gilly, and we are the Miranda. The Mirandas. See you next week. Signing out. See you next week, <laughs> folks. <laughs> oh my lord. Okay.